Howdy, everybody. This is David Sanchez, and welcome to the third episode of the Riffs or Die podcast for Tuesday, October 6th, 2020. You know, I was just driving outside on the road, as you do, and my mind was blown for the, I don't know, millionth time. I've told myself about a trillion times to not exaggerate, but I'm still doing it. I can't help myself. But I was driving on the road and, you know, there are so many people in this country that seem to not understand the rules of the road. There's way too many people, especially that are much older than me, that seem to not understand how to drive. So I'm driving down the road in the right lane. It's a two-lane road. There's this lady in the acceleration lane at the very end of it just sitting zero miles an hour with her blinker on trying to get into traffic. That is not how you use an acceleration lane. This is a PSA for everybody. Maybe somebody will learn something here. But the acceleration lane is not so you can go to the end of it and then park and wait for somebody to pump their brakes and stop traffic for you to get in. The acceleration lane is for accelerating. What are the odds of that? So I'm driving down the road and this lady is completely stopped at the end of the acceleration lane and the guy in front of me starts slowing down almost to zero miles an hour to try to maybe let her in and she doesn't get the message. She doesn't go in. So this dude in front of me doesn't understand the rules of the road either. He's trying to stop in the middle of a busy street to let this lady in and she seems to not get the message. So she's just sitting there giggling while this person is trying to be nice, but really just being an idiot. And uh, then I'm right behind this dude and she tries to cut in and all of a sudden hit her accelerator as I'm starting to pass her too. Keep in mind, I was the last car in this burst of traffic. So all she had to do was wait for me to go and then she had the whole road to herself to merge in like she should have done correctly in the first place. These kinds of drivers are not only an impediment to drivers that know how to use the road, but they're also super fucking dangerous. These people could get someone killed. It wouldn't be surprising at all if there have been people that died because some idiot was at the end of an acceleration lane part. I can only imagine the kind of damage that would get done if someone's using the acceleration lane properly, like on an interstate or a very busy road, busy highway, and there's someone parked at the end of it, and they get rear-ended at, you know, 50 miles an hour or something. It's complete insanity. Another thing that really bothers me is when people are hanging out in the left lane. That is the passing lane. That is the fast lane. It's the lane you're supposed to use when you pass people who are going slow. So in America, people seem to just go slow and hang out in the fast lane. When you go to Germany, you can't hang out in the fast lane. People will rear-end you or honk until you move or flash their lights at you, drive you know, a foot behind your bumper. In Germany, it doesn't matter if you're going 130 miles an hour. There's always going to be someone who has a faster car than you. And in those parts of the Autobahn that don't have a speed limit... You could be hauling ass, but it does not matter. There's someone that has a more badass car and will not let you hold them up in the fast lane. People over there 
they use the right lane for driving. And then when you pass somebody, you get in the left lane, pass them and move back over into the right lane. This is how I was taught to drive. And this seems to be a rule of the road that is not taught to American people. It's mind numbing how many people don't understand that the left lane is for passing people. So this is probably going to be no newsflash to a lot of people listening. But if this is a newsflash to you, please heed my words. Don't be an asshole. Use the passing lane for passing people. Other than that, stay the fuck over in the right side of the road. This PSA is brought to you by David Sanchez and the Riffs or Die podcast. If you want to hear less angry thoughts, please tune in to our next episode where we'll be discussing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Come on, America, you got to get your shit together on the road, man. It's dangerous enough that there's already people checking their emails and watching movies and watching YouTube and TikToking and shooting little updates for their Instagram live while they're behind the wheel. The last thing we need is for people to not understand how the road actually works. There are rules of the road, and it seems like they're lost on a lot of Americans. I really feel like more than 50% of Americans that have a driver's license don't understand some of these rules. Like you ever get to an intersection and when you get to a four-way stop, the person to the right, if you're driving, the person to your right has the right of way. If you guys both stopped at the same time at a four-way stop, the guy to your right, he has the right of way. You ever get to a, a four-way stop at the same time as somebody else and they are on your right, they have the right of way, but they're waving you in like, hey, I'm just being a nice guy, you go ahead. Maybe they are trying to be a nice person, but that shit really, really bothers me. Especially when it's someone who's much older than me. And they should know the rules of the road better than I do. But I've seen people hold up traffic and really fuck up the flow of the whole thing trying to, quote-unquote, be nice. You're not being nice. You're being an idiot. And you're screwing up the flow of traffic for everybody. So instead of trying to be nice, why don't you grow a half a brain and learn how to drive? All right, I think that's enough of me ranting like a lunatic about traffic. Let's move on to something a little bit better. What do you say? Better topics of conversation. Come on down. Some of you that follow the Riffs or Die page on social media or maybe my page may have seen a post that came out last week. There was a Power Trip cover that came out that had me doing some vocals on it. It was recorded by a band from Italy called Ultraviolence, and they asked me if I would be down to do some vocals on a Power Trip cover of their song Executioner's Tax. A lot of you probably have already heard that the singer of Power Trip, Riley Gale, passed away a couple weeks ago. So Ultraviolence wanted to do a cover and have a bunch of different vocalists do guest vocals on it. I was one of them, and I also had the opportunity to mix and master it. 
So I got to sharpen my mixing skills a little bit, and I think it came out pretty sweet. You guys can check it out on YouTube for the full version. Just type in Ultraviolence Executioner's Tax. And the track has me doing some guest vocals. It also has guys from Harlot, Angelus Apatrida, Chrysix, Dustbolt, and Chronosphere. It was definitely a little bit of a challenge to get all of the different vocals that were recorded from different countries and different microphones, different vocalists, different rooms. Trying to make them all cohesive and sound similar was a little bit tricky, but I think it came out pretty decent. And uh, yeah, check it out and let me know what you guys think of the mix. And if any of you listening need some mixing or mastering done for your project, feel free to hit me up. Just hit the contact page on riffsordie.com and shoot me an email. And also on the website, you can pick up some t-shirts, buttons, stickers, and posters. And I'm actually going to be putting out some new merch items sometime very soon. I'm going to be ordering that stuff up this week. And hopefully I can get it in the store in the next couple weeks or by Halloween. I'll have a couple of new t-shirt designs in there that I think people will really dig. So keep your eyes on the social media stuff and I'll let everybody know when those are in the store and available. And if you want to get discounts for the Riffs or Die web store, you can sign up at patreon.com slash riffs or die. And there's different tiers and you get different levels of discounts on top of bonus episodes of podcasts, and some other rare merch items. I'll be recording the very first Patreon-only exclusive podcast sometime this week, and I've got to get that private feed up for all you Patreon subscribers. And speaking of Patreon subscribers, i got to give a shout-out to Andy Davidson. Thanks a lot for signing up at the philosophical riffer level that's the $25 a month which includes an autograph poster and super fat discounts on merch throughout the whole store on top of some extra merch that'll be sent out and access to the patreon only podcast feed and i'll be throwing some extra stuff in that patreon feed that's exclusive for members plus we'll do a zoom hangout once a month where you guys can ask me anything in real time or just hang out and bullshit for an hour. I'll be doing the first Zoom hangout sometime in the next few weeks here. So I'll keep all you Patreon subscribers in the loop on that. I've figured out a cool little thing that I'm going to do exclusive for the first 50 people that sign up at Patreon. I'm going to create some like holographic foil tour laminate looking things that'll all be hand signed and hand numbered. I'm going to limit it to only the first 50 people that sign up at Patreon. So if you want to get your hands on one of those, they'll never be made again. You got to go to patreon.com slash riffs or die and sign up. Even just at the first tier level, you'll still get this one of a kind hand numbered, hand signed exclusive laminate. As far as the exclusive Patreon items, I know the people that signed up during the first week are still waiting on their items to ship out. I finally got around to signing all of the posters, and I've got those things packed up and ready to go. 
So I'll be dropping those Patreon member exclusives into the mail. So keep an eye out for those things. And if you hear some weird noise in the background there, that is my neighbor opening their garage. I don't live in a fancy schmancy home. I live in a home where I'm recording this over someone else's car. So don't mind that. If you guys hear some weird noises in these podcasts, that's what that is. So I don't know about you guys, but I actually wound up watching these presidential debates, if you can call them that. It was more like Interrupto Fest 2020. Listening to three old guys talk over each other for uh, way too long was less funny and more annoying than I thought it was going to be. And I don't want to get into the politics of what was said or any of that kind of stuff. But a lot of people probably found those debates incredibly frustrating. Now they were, but I'm not frustrated for the same reasons that most people were. I'm frustrated because it's a presidential race for the United States of America, and we're only listening to two old guys talk on stage and duke it out with words. That is embarrassing. There's a lot of other countries in the world that have, you know, dozens of people vying for the position to be the prime minister or the president of a country. And in this country, we've only got two. We have two parties that are really only different on social issues. Otherwise, they're basically the same party. We're given the illusion of choice between those two options. The fact that we don't have like 20 different people represented on the stage and debating is just laughable and disturbing, honestly. With how unlikable the two quote-unquote major parties candidates are, it is a complete mystery to me why third parties are not stepping up to the plate. This is the most perfect opportunity ever for third-party candidates to start waving their hands in there and telling the American public, like, hey, here we are, guys. Like, where the hell are the constitutionalists or the Green Party or the Libertarian Party? They're just sitting in the wings, like, waiting it out. They should be making a big, big statement right now. They should be dropping tons of money into advertising and trying to get people to move over to third parties. Because if there was ever a good time to do it, I'd say this is it. This is the perfect year for the third party candidates to start stepping up to the plate. Unfortunately, the presidential debates in this country are completely asinine. And they've been rigged in such a way that third party candidates can't even get onto the debate stage. It's pretty sickening in a country that claims that we have democracy or even a democratic republic. What kind of democracy doesn't let you get to hear all your choices? It makes me very disappointed in our country and in the guise that our country is completely free and we have all of these choices and... uh You know, they've convinced everybody that voting for a third party equals throwing your vote away. As long as people believe that, it's going to be true. The moment people 
recognize that that's not actually the case. And if all these people that are frustrated with the two-party system vote for the same third-party candidate, well, guess what? That's who wins. Jim Morrison was completely right when he said, who controls the media controls the mind. That's exactly what we're seeing today. The media's got way too many people's brains in a mold. And for some reason, people can't break that conditioning or that mold. Their their brains are just stuck in this uh, prefabricated cage. And something that I like to do in our lyrics and when we're on stage is to try to promote independent thought and questioning of some of these things that have been handed to us since birth. I want more people thinking for themselves and not just believing anything they're told. I think this boxed-in kind of thinking is incredibly dangerous, not only to democracy, but to civilization and to the survival of the human race as a whole. Our society keeps getting closer and closer to the dystopian nightmares that sci-fi writers used to write about. And the only thing that could prevent us from getting into those kinds of situations is for people to snap out of their television stupor and start thinking for themselves and questioning some of the things that we've been spoon-fed since we were babies. We don't have time to argue about nonsense, about which of these two corrupt political parties is going to rule over us. The whole idea of America was not for the government to rule over anyone. The whole idea was for us to rule over ourselves, and we tell the government what to do. That was the whole foundation on the parchment for this country even existing. And a lot of people like to criticize the founding fathers because they were slaveholders and they were very flawed people. But I'm not a big, huge proponent of every action that the founding fathers ever took. I do, however, like the ideas that were written down on paper. I think the ideas that were written down are much more close to perfect than the guys that wrote the ideas. I think we really need to make a fundamental shift in consciousness and perspective and uh, desire to get back to what those founding documents actually stood for and actually said that we are all equal men and women and children and doesn't matter your race, religion, your sex, your sexual preference, age, size, none of that really matters. We're all the same and we all deserve the same amount of rights. And a big thing about the foundation of the country was that it was the people running the shit. It was not the government handing the rules down to the people. It was the people making up the rules for the government and the people governing themselves. A lot of people like to look at anarchy as if anarchy is some sort of chaos in the streets and there's no rules and no law and just everyone's a maniac can get away with murder and just mass chaos. In my mind, anarchy could absolutely work if you have a community of people that are all kind of on the same page and not just total pieces of shit. If you have a bunch of people that all agree like, okay, let's not kill each other or, or steal from each other or rape, 
or kidnap or do anything like this. Let's just all get along and not have a government, but just kind of everyone mind their own business and we'll be all right. That could work on a small scale. But all we ever hear about anarchy comes from the mainstream media. And they always associate anarchy or anarchists with burning cars and blood filling the gutters of the streets and just complete chaos and animalistic rules. Like people can't be civilized at all if people are claiming anarchy as their method of thought or considering themselves anarchists. On paper, anarchy is not too much different from libertarian ideas. It's basically, don't steal my money and don't tell me what to do. Personally, I believe that as long as you're not infringing on the rights of others, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want. Since when do politicians in suits and ties know what's best for you? They don't. You know what's best for you. And again, I think that as long as you're not infringing on the rights of others, you should be able to do whatever you want. The people that were on that debate stage don't fall in line with that philosophy. It's really disappointing to see how divided we are in this country because we have way more in common with each other than the things that separate us. Everybody seems to be so focused on the things that divide us instead of the things that we have in common. And I think that this kind of tactic is a real big planned operation on the people. At the end of the day, we really do want so many of the same things. Everybody's trying to have clean water, food to eat, shelter, and family and friends. And, you know, people want to make a living, whether that's being creative or working a job. We all basically want the same basic things in life. But instead of finding commonalities, our thoughts seem to get redirected toward the things that divide us. We're so focused on race, gender, age, sex, sexual preference, religion, how much money people make, ugly versus beautiful. It's all a huge mechanism that's been created for us to fight our fellow man instead of realizing that we have a lot in common and going after a common enemy who's creating all of these problems. The moment that we wake up and stop fighting each other and go after the common enemies that we have, the game is over for the people that are running stuff at the top. I've thought this way for a long time, and I still do believe it, that if we get on the same page and realize how common we are, instead of how different we are, we can make a huge difference and we can really change the whole course of history away from division and oppression and inequality and basically being modern day serfs who are asleep at the wheel. We can change all that to have equality, to have real justice, to have a society where everyone's given an equal opportunity in a true sense. 
and we're not being ruled over by a small group of people who think that they're better than us, but instead we make the rules for ourselves, and then we truly do become a land of the free with liberty and justice for all. That's the dream that was written on the parchment hundreds of years ago. And that's the stuff that I still agree with. Never mind the people who wrote it. The ideas that are written down are very important. And I think we need to make a return to those kinds of ideologies and mentalities. Nobody's going to come and save us. It's really up to us. We have to save ourselves. We can't hold our breath for some magic Superman to come and save the day. It really is up to us. And judging by how things have been going, we got a lot of work to do. You know, when this whole George Floyd thing kicked off, it triggered a worldwide response. And people were justifiably angry and upset about the situation. The part that I found so disturbing was how people's anger seemed to be pointed in the wrong direction. Instead of this turning into a, hey, we've got fucked up corrupt police that need to stop being so brutal to people of all colors. You know, let, let's end police corruption and end police brutality. That could have been the rally cry that literally just about everybody other than corrupt police could get behind. But instead of it turning into a conversation about, hey, police are fucked up. Let's fix that. It devolved into like a pseudo race war. And that is so disturbing and disappointing to me as an American citizen. If you go back far enough, we're all black. We're all truly related to each other. I believe that. We're all related to each other as humans. And I think that we're all related to the other animals that live on this planet and the other life, plant life, fungi. And even inanimate objects. I think we all share common ancestry somewhere in this universe throughout the billions of years that this thing has been chugging along. And here we have another example of all the things that we hold in common. And instead of realizing that we all have this in common, that we're all related to each other, and that we can all kind of get behind the idea of, hey, let's stop police brutality and stop these fucked up cops from investigating themselves and letting each other off the hook. Instead of fixing that and everyone getting on the same page, we let this whole thing just like deteriorate into a a pseudo race war. And that just still to this day blows my mind that what could have been an ultimate unifying piece of history we, we have this moment where everybody could have been united under one common goal and one common idea that is truly in the name of more liberty and justice and more equality for everybody. And we would all live in a safer, more harmonious, more just world. But instead, it got all brushed aside and transformed into this thing that pitted people against each other yet again. When are we going to wake up and stop falling for this shit? 
When are we going to realize that we are all kind of fighting the same fight and our enemies are not our neighbors? We share so much in common with our neighbors, but instead we're hyper-focused on the differences. Why don't we realize that we all kind of want the same things and go after the people that are actually fucking things up for all of us? This is the kind of stuff that really pisses me off and makes me write lyrics. This is the stuff that inspires a lot of the songs that you hear in Havoc music. I just want people to wake up and realize that we really do have so much in common with each other and we can make this world a much better place if we stop fighting with our neighbors and instead start getting along and moving toward common goals that are beneficial to everybody. I really hope that people can break the mental conditioning that's been handed down to them from their religion, from their schools, from their political idols. I really hope that we can break this conditioning and start making the world a truly better place by getting along and opening up with each other and realizing that we really are kind of in this together and we shouldn't be fighting amongst each other. The more that we squabble amongst each other, the more that these people who are running the show and coming up with the... uh, talking points for the media these people are just going to keep running away to the bank and laughing all the way there while we're fighting with each other over you know social issues at the end of the day the the two major political parties are the same party the two heads of the same snake they differ on social issues but that's about it otherwise you know they're both the party of big business the party of war The party that wants more power for themselves and less for you. So I urge anyone listening to this, just please snap out of it. Think for yourself. Realize that you're a part of a gigantic team. And most of us want and are fighting for the same things in life. We shouldn't be at each other's throats. It's ridiculous. Well, none of that was very funny, but (laughs) let's get to some of the questions for the week. How about that? If you want to write in any questions or comments, please hit me up at podcast at riffsordie.com. So let's dive in. This one says, hey, man, I'm definitely enjoying the podcast so far. Do you think you'll ever have guests on? I personally really enjoy just you riffing on your own and wouldn't want to lose listening to your personal stream of consciousness, though I think it would be a good opportunity to change things up on occasion, bringing in other musicians, potentially some others like philosophers or something. Maybe once every five to ten episodes? Just an idea. Keep up the good work. I'll be listening either way. Yeah, that's definitely the plan. I would love to have some guests on. I'm trying to shoot for like one guest a month on this podcast because I don't want to just talk to myself all the time. And I know a lot of really cool people. So I'd like to get them on here to be able to pick their brain. Be uh, It'd just be fun to catch up with some of my buddies and talk shit and record it and put it out for all you guys to listen to. So your question, will I ever have guests on? Absolutely. A hundred percent. That is the plan. So 
Maybe I'll get a guest on sometime in the next couple weeks. No telling who it will be yet. I have no idea. But I'll see who's available and start having some conversationists. Moving on, we got this very interesting question. And I think I might know what it's all about, but maybe I'm wrong. So last week, I told you guys that you can even write in and talk shit to me. Now, I'm not sure if that's what this is or if this person just genuinely is not digging stuff. But I'll let you guys decide. This person writes in and says, Howdy, David. I just wanted to say that I think this podcast sucks and Havoc does too. V was exceptionally disappointing, which is impressive when you think about it, that you all were able to follow up a truly lackluster conformicide with something even more unfortunate. Anyways, I'm always interested to hear what artists I genuinely dislike are listening to. Would you start adding weekly album recommendations to the podcast? All the best. Well, aren't you a ray of sunshine? Like I said, this could just be someone trolling me because I kind of asked for it last podcast, or this is somebody who really does not like me, this podcast, or Havoc's music, but still listens to the podcast and wants to know what I listen to. Hmm. Would I start adding weekly album recommendations to the podcast? Yeah, sure. Um... I guess my first recommendation will be something that I've listened to many, many times. And it's a huge influence on Havoc's songwriting. I think the songwriting in this band, especially on this record, is absolutely genius. Because it's just hook after hook after hook after hook. And everything is catchy. And the arrangements of the music are very clever very interesting and cool. There's a lot of different musicians in the band, so they can get away with a lot of different voicings and a lot of different uh, harmony and counterpoint and syncopation. But my album recommendation for the week will have to be Oingo Boingo's first record. It's called Only a Lad. I have Only a Lad on vinyl. It's available on Spotify or YouTube. I'm sure you can find it there. And for people who are unfamiliar with Oingo Boingo, they're kind of like a punk, new wave, synth, funk, avant-garde, circus, ska band. I don't know. They're very hard to describe, but they're very cool. They're one of my favorite bands. And Danny Elfman, the famous composer who wrote the score for the old Batman, Tim Burton movies, and uh, basically every Tim Burton movie, plus the theme song for The Simpsons and many, many others. Danny Elfman, he is the singer and main songwriter of Oingo Boingo. He also played guitar and some percussion on some of this stuff as well. But his vocals are extremely animated and uh, he's just got a crazy voice. He has like the voice of a, the voice and range of like a cartoon character. He's extremely animated and uh, it's really silly and just has so much character. It's really fun to listen to and I really love that record. And that would be my weekly album recommendation for you and you alone, plus everybody else who's listening. Go check out the album Only a Lad 
by Oingo Boingo. Enjoy that. Here's another question that says, Yo, David Havoc is fucking sick. Yeah, we are. We all got the Rona. And I'm a huge fan of your vocals and your lyrics. So my question is, what are some of your favorite things to grab slash go to when looking for inspiration for lyrics? Well, (laughs) I think from the stuff I already said in this podcast episode, you could probably tell where some of the inspiration for Havoc lyrics come from. I just take a good look at what I see going on in the world, and often that is an infinite well of inspiration for lyrics. It's a lot of things that I'm very passionate about, and uh, a lot of things that I look at in the world that really like just grind my gears and make my blood boil. Those are typically the things that I tend to write about. Our music is very aggressive, and I like the lyrics often to fit that aggression. And luckily, I have this release valve that is Havoc, where I'm allowed to say what's on my mind and scream it, literally scream it out of my out of my body and out of my brain. If I didn't have that release valve, I don't know what I would do. I'd, I might be a far angrier person than I am. So inspiration for lyrics, there you go. I get them from taking a good look around me at the world that we live in. Thanks for writing in, and thanks for the kind words. Much preach. Here's one that's not really a question as much of a comment. It says, LED side dots. Listening to the first podcast, Better Late Than Never, I will agree with that. If your LED side dots are too bright, he's talking about the LED side dots on my guitar. They're insanely bright, but they're very cool. It's uh, just so I can see in the dark on stage. Anyways, he says, if your LED side dots are too bright, you can add a resistor in series and this will dim them permanently without adding any additional controls. Start with a 10K to 50K. Hope this tip helps. Cheers. Well, that's super cool that you wrote this in. Thanks a lot for the tip. Um, I may have to experiment with doing that. My only concern is if there was a dimmer on the LEDs in the guitar, I'd be worried that maybe a hum or a buzz would be created in the electronics. Maybe that wouldn't happen at all. I don't know. I would have to run the experiment. But thanks a lot for writing in. I'm going to talk to some people and see if that's a if they think that's a good idea or not and I'll keep you posted if I wind up doing that and it works. I'm definitely going to be letting you know. So let's dive into the last question for this episode. If you've made it this far into the podcast, thanks a lot for putting up with this. Um, I know this wasn't the most chipper and happy-go-lucky podcast episode ever, but um, this is stuff that I've had in my brain for a long time and wanted to get out. That goes for the driving PSA at the beginning and some of the more uh, societal commentary that happened in the middle of this thing. Thanks a lot for listening to me unpack my brain on your eardrums. It's much appreciated. And, you know, in the future, I think a lot of this stuff is going to be a little a little more lighthearted. But uh, for whatever reason, this is the stuff that came into my neural synapses today. So 
I can't blame it on the alcohol, but I can blame it on an overactive imagination. Anyways, the last question here says, Hi, David. Congratulations on the launch of your podcast. Thanks a lot, mate. Really appreciate. Says, I'm not sure if this is a question or a topic of conversation. Censorship. While the topic of censorship is not new, in this strange new world we live in, it's happening. I find it unsettling. There is so much outrage culture and cancel culture, and it's even affecting several podcasts I listen to. They are under threat of censorship and cancellation. Since you're now a podcaster and potentially discussing controversial topics, what's your feeling? Is it okay to say, if you don't like the message, change the station? I constantly see on my social media feed that I must think this way, see things from only one perspective, or be canceled, aka unfriended. It appears that conversations from different perspectives or even asking a question are now no longer welcome. Are you seeing the same messages? If you read this far, thank you. I sure hope venues begin to open soon and music can be played to a live audience. I'd sure like to see a Havoc show again. Cheers. Well, well, well. There's a lot there. I did make it somehow. My uh, out loud reading skills could definitely get sharpened here. But the idea of censorship, yeah, it's a fucking huge thing. It has been for a long time. There was a PMRC in the like 80s, 90s trying to censor uh, rock albums and porno music, as they called it, with foul language that they wanted to protect children from. You said, is it okay to say if you don't like the message changed the station Uh, that is definitely how i feel if you don't like what somebody is saying you don't have to listen to it nobody's forcing you to listen to anybody you know anybody that's like on a television or radio or on a podcasting app or on youtube or whatever like you don't have to listen to that person if you don't like it don't listen to it it's as simple as that it really comes down to freedom of choice And the First Amendment, freedom of speech, the First Amendment is the first for a reason. It's the most important one. If you get rid of the First Amendment, you get rid of all the rest of them. If the First Amendment goes, you can basically kiss the rest of them goodbye. The freedom of speech is the most important thing that we have. Because once you start limiting what people are allowed to say and what people are allowed to talk about, That's a very, very dangerous territory to start edging into. That's when you get into true levels of fascism and complete totalitarian dictatorships. We need the free exchange of ideas. That's one of the things that makes the world go round and makes innovation happen. The free exchange of ideas is how we get to better ideas. We need open debate and we need people to be expressing ideas because that's how we get progress. There's no other way around it. If everybody is like kind of, you know, shut up and, and put into this mental cage and essentially mentally castrated, we never get any progress. We get everybody just sounding like a parrot of everybody else. And we have no new ideas. We just have everybody kind of doing the status quo and regurgitating these same tired ideas and we just kind of get stagnant and you know 
I would say, in a metaphorical way, our brains become moldy and just turn into mush. That is the opposite of what we need, especially in today's world. So the the notion of censorship is a very important topic today. It always has been, but especially now. Because we're seeing people in jeopardy of losing their means of letting their voice be heard for saying things that certain people don't agree with. I think that's very disturbing. Even the stupidest ideas should be allowed to have a platform to say the stupid idea. Because if you don't have the stupid ideas to compare the good ideas to, you're never going to know which is which. I want stupid ideas to be shouted from the mountaintops so that they could be A-B'd against good ideas. If you have a debate between someone who has a horrible idea and someone who has a good idea in opposition to the bad idea, you can watch these two people duke it out verbally and ultimately come, most people will come to the conclusion that, oh, this person that was talking all this crazy nonsense is, uh, you know, on the losing end of this argument. That's a bad idea. Okay, cool. Bad idea identified. Like racism. Talking about the KKK or something like that. Now, I don't agree with what the KKK stands for or what they say or what their beliefs are. But I would fight for their right to be able to say those bad ideas. And who doesn't want complete idiot racists to express themselves? Wouldn't you want the complete idiot racist to identify themselves to everybody else? I don't know about you, but I want the idiot racist to identify themselves as such. Because then it's much easier to, to show people an example of a bad idea. And then to steer clear of that bad idea. And then you also know what those people are really all about and what they're like. And then you know to, okay, avoid that dude. Like, let's not invite Bob over to our parties anymore. He's a fucking asshole. Freedom of speech is the number one most important thing that we have in this country. And we need to make sure that we keep it around. Because the moment that you start being okay with other people getting silenced because you don't like what they had to say, you're next. All of a sudden, someone doesn't like what you have to say. And then guess who's going to get censored? Guess who's going to get shut down? That's where this mindset leads to eventually. You just need to look at where the dominoes eventually will keep falling. If you're okay with censoring people that say things that you don't like, eventually that is going to come back to bite you in the ass. Because the next thing you know, you're going to be the one getting censored. You have to look at these things with some sort of foresight. You can't just say like, oh, it won't ever apply to me because I'm right and I'm just about things. Well, our metrics of what is good and right are constantly changing and updating. So what's acceptable today might not be looked at as an acceptable thing a hundred years from now. Right now, more than ever, we really do need people to be proponents of free speech. And kind of come together on this idea of like anti-censorship. We should let all of the ideas just run wild. Let them all loose. And then we can pick and choose the ones that we think are good ideas. Typically, the good ideas are the ones that are going to thrive and, and stick around for a while. 
The bad ideas will be identified and kicked to the curb. Isn't that what we all kind of want? We want progress. We don't want people to be shut up and boxed in and, and, and put chains on people's minds. It's a huge mistake and a very dangerous road to go down. So those are my thoughts on censorship. I'm completely against it. And uh, anybody that is for it, you really need to figure out where your priorities are and where your head is. Because if you're for censoring other people, unwittingly, you may be next. All right, I got to run, but thank you guys very much for listening to the third episode of the Riffs or Die podcast. I really appreciate you guys. If you want to hear more bonus content and episodes, get some fat discounts on the web store. Go to patreon.com slash riffs or die. You can always email me your questions and comments at podcast at riffs or die.com. And if you want any more info on this stuff, go find me on social media or just go straight to riffs or die.com. That's it for this episode of the Riffs or Die podcast. If you made it this far, you are a champion of the universe. And thank you very much for your support. Try to leave the world a little bit nicer than the way you found it, and we'll be all right. I'll talk to y'all next Tuesday.